Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's totally free to subscribe. Social media posts only make it to approximately 10% of your followers, so this is my way of communicating with you more directly. I hope you enjoy. Subscribe. Welcome to the block. For the sports fans out there, bear with me while all the action happens. I will discuss what's going on in March Madness and with the NBA trades on an episode next week. Today, I'm going to cover a serious topic that is in the news again this week. Of course, I'm talking about guns. After a shooting in Colorado this week, President Biden is calling for an assault weapons ban to try to deal with this issue once and for all. After a long, heated conversation with some friends on this the other day, I know this is a hugely controversial issue. For that reason, I'm going to do my best in this episode to break down why I think it shouldn't be so controversial and what I think we need to do about it as a nation going forward. First, a little background on me. I grew up in Georgia, which, for those who don't know, is a state which likes its guns. Growing up, I had friends whose dads had cases with a number of guns in them, always locked away, and they would go hunting a few times a year and bust the guns out of the case. My immediate family never had guns in the house. My dad was never really into it. We do have an old relic rifle. God only knows if it even shoots. Over a decade ago, I moved to California, and so the thought of maybe buying a gun one day kind of stayed with my old life in Georgia. But over the years, I've reconsidered as I've gotten older, and with more mass shootings happening, and the way they're reported in the media, it almost feels like you need one to protect yourself or you're the fool. So I don't own a gun, and I have no immediate plan to do so, but I certainly haven't ruled it out. Now that that's established, moving on. A big problem with the gun debate in America is the fact that the gun debate doesn't really exist in America. The two sides come at the discussion from such opposing viewpoints that there seems to be little room for compromise. Let me show you what I mean. A common right-wing argument might sound something like this. There are already hundreds of millions of guns in America, and we have the Second Amendment. Any laws that restrict my right to own guns are unconstitutional. The only thing that kills a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Guns don't kill people. Mental health is the problem. The guns are already semi-automatic. What do you want us to do? Go back to six-shooter pistols? What if we have a tyrannical government? Not taking my guns? Ha! A common left-wing argument might sound something like this. These mass shootings are so horrific. I'm outraged that our government hasn't done anything to stop these people from getting these guns. Who even needs these military guns anyway? Do you know these assault rifles can basically automatically shoot 40 bullets at once? There is no legitimate use for these weapons, and they should all be banned. Either of those sound familiar? What might not sound familiar is what's coming next. An honest, quick breakdown of what we maybe could agree on to do about guns if our politicians actually sat down and talked about it. The first thing we need to acknowledge is that many of the laws that should be considered on a national scale have already been done or tried at the state level. I'm talking about background checks, closing the gun show loophole, 
and limits on magazine capacity. We also need to acknowledge that, for the most part, these laws are unsuccessful at preventing mass shootings. We also need to acknowledge that we are unable to count how many mass shootings are indeed prevented by the laws that are in place. Universal background checks are an obvious step that we need to take, but I think we should go a step further. You have to have training and be licensed to drive, and you also have to be insured and have registration. Why do none of these protections exist for gun sales? I would even go so far as to say, the deadlier the gun you want to buy, the deeper the psychiatric analysis you should have to go through to make sure you are of sound mind when you go buy the guns. Next, we need to acknowledge that if you go buy an AR-15, aka America's Rifle, at a gun store in a bunch of states, the starter pack they will sell you will potentially include three magazines, one that can hold 20 bullets and two that can hold 40. I've shot an assault rifle before, and I'll tell you, 40 bullets in a magazine is more than plenty for any reasonable civilian use, including target practice. Even during target practice, 10 bullets is plenty when you're using a handgun. Next, we need to acknowledge that any restrictions you implement on magazine size, you must consider all of the places those magazines exist, currently on store shelves, currently being manufactured, already in people's arsenal, and the ones that are yet to be manufactured. You will likely need nuanced policy for all of these different spaces. For example, you could have a grandfather clause in a lower magazine law allowing people who already own larger magazines to continue to do so. This one is controversial, but I think we should discuss the style of the guns and the psychology of selling military-style weapons to civilians. When the mass shooters use those guns, my guess is they are visualizing themselves in Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, and I imagine that style of gun helps them do it. Next, why don't we have a buyback program already in place? Australia had success with this, and it doesn't seem controversial to buy back guns from people who are willing to sell them. Cities and states can implement this too. I hear about some of these on a small scale in California, but I don't hear about it happening much elsewhere. Lastly, in the words of Chris Rock, we don't need gun control, we need bullet control. Maybe a higher tax on ammunition and a limit on how much ammunition you're allowed to carry at once would at least be a good place to start. The simple conclusion is, we can do better, much better. We can protect the rights to keep and bear arms and protect more of our innocent friends and family who don't deserve to be shot when they are just trying to buy some groceries. We can do better. I hope our politicians are listening. Until next time, block. What's going on, everybody? Here comes your market close snapshot for Thursday, March 25th, 2021. The In U.S. bond yields and global equities, the 10-year and 30-year were both up again today. The 10-year is up 1.7% to 1.639, and the 30-year is up 2% to 2.36. The major indices were mixed. The Dow Jones was up. NASDAQ was flat, almost 
down a little bit, almost flat, and the S&P 500 was up half a percent. Of the major indices, the Russell 2000 was up the most, up 2.25%, so small caps outperforming today. And in global markets, the HSI and the Shanghai Composite were pretty much flat, while the Nikkei was up 1%. In the USA, big eight stocks, they were mixed today, led to the upside by Cisco up 1.7% and Tesla up 1.6%. In the China big eight stocks, mixed today, but uh, Baidu was down big time, down 14.5%, and Tencent Music was also down double digits, down 12%. In U.S. banking, fintech, and crypto, mixed today, the banks were up with rising yields, or up around 1%. Square was down over 2%. And Bitcoin and Ethereum dipped down. Uh, Bitcoin was down around 50,000 and is back to 52,235. And Ethereum was down under 1,600, but it's back over 1,605. In mining, metals, and foreign exchange, pretty quiet day, but the dollar index did continue to inch a little bit higher at 92.877 as of the close today. And in commodities, they're retreating from the recent spikes a little bit. Uh, oil is down 4% to $58 a barrel. All right. Thanks for joining, everybody. Talk to you soon. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It's totally free to subscribe. And all my clients get the first year paid subscription free with any package purchased. With the paid subscription, you'll get investment research tips in real time to help you expand your wealth. I do the research so you don't have to. For those who don't know, I run Elbay Endeavors, a consulting company which helps individuals and entrepreneurs expand their wealth and businesses. We offer packages suitable for everyone from rising investors to Fortune 500 companies. No matter where you are on your financial or entrepreneurial journey, we're here to help you get to the next level. Download our free guide and schedule your free 30-minute consultation to get started working with us today. The annual subscription costs less than 22 cents a day. You really can't afford to be without it.